In this episode, I will mention uh, a man by, whose first name is Liam. I say Liam Gallagher, who's actually a Presbyterian minister, but what I mean to say is Liam Hogan, who is an Irish historian. So when you hear the name Liam, think Liam Hogan, and you can look him up at Liam Hogan on Twitter. Hello, you're listening to History and Hope, a podcast discussing history from a Baptist perspective. I'm Mark West, speaking with Dr. Matthew Lyon, and today we're going to talk about the current discussions about race. Before we start, have you seen the new trailer for the Joker movie? Yes. First impressions? Uh, it looks like a very interesting take. Uh, it seems like it has a lot of elements of our current culture of calling people out. Um, oh, so, really? you know, humility, or hu- not humility. Um, humiliation. Humiliation, yeah. I didn't pick up on that. I'll have to watch it again three or four more times. I'm optimistic. <laughs> and I think there's been enough. After Jared Leto, um, <laughs> I wasn't optimistic. But when he laughed in the hallway, I mm, thought, right. that's it. If you can get the laugh right, I feel like you can get the rest right. And it was so creepy. Like it was his own thing, but it felt yeah. someone said it sounded like Mark Hamill. Yeah, I can see that. For our listeners, that's the voice of the Joker in Batman the Animated Series, which is a sort of a standard for good Batman content. Content. Yeah, yeah I was I I've liked Joaquin Phoenix's performance in the past, um, so I didn't have any hesitation with him necessarily. Um, but the director, I believe it's Todd Phillips. Yeah. Uh, most well known for things like The Hangover. So, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so that was, it seemed like an unusual choice. Yeah, but, um, you know, there's just because he did things like that doesn't mean he can't do something more That's serious. True. Because you know everybody's talking about Chernobyl now, and the writer that's running Chernobyl has okay. a long history of doing silly movies. Hmm. So just because you choose to do movies yeah. that make money doesn't mean you can't do. Well, what I liked about this one too was they. They don't. They don't uh, like Jared Leto's Joker was like. Let's take. Let's go over the top from the start. Let's have. Let's have ha 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 tattooed on his face. Yeah, it's a try hard Joker. Yes, this one was. He's messed up. Yeah, and it was. It felt darker and creepier. Mm-hmm. Which Joker is? Joker's creepy. Yeah, and it. I also like that it doesn't appear to have any connections to a bigger story it's definitely seems like it's like a character standalone yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see the connection between mental health and evil so joker's evil yes and he's mentally unstable Mm -hmm. and so given like the shootings right like so every time someone shoots someone comes out and says oh mentally you know mental health is a big deal as and there's always a contrast like there's bad people and then there's mentally ill people right but the Joker is both. both. <laughs> uh, and in, this, in the pre- trailer, it seemed to show like he was dri- he's being driven to be Joker. Yes. But Joker's not a sympathetic character. He doesn't like you're like, oh, poor Joker. You know, it's not like Two-Face. Right. Two-Face is like, oh, man, that's, you know, he was forced into this or something. Or even Bane. Um, so anyway, I think it'll be an interesting character study. And. Yeah insight into our culture and into the nature of evil on to more serious subjects yes so there's been a lot of discussion recently about race and racism 
Has there? I really haven't seen much of that. You should, you should get out more. <laughs> I'm not really on social media. I don't media. know if you've heard of Twitter, but... <laughs> I try to stay away from social media. <laughs> uh, yes, there has been. Um, so, the most recent thing I saw was something from John MacArthur from 2010, which is a good reflection of a certain way of thinking. Uh, so, this is on the Grace to You website from September 26, 2010. It's like a question and answer, I think. So the question is, if Adam and Eve were the first two people, how do we get so many races? And he answers, uh, it's a very complex question, but let's go at it another way. The races that we experience today didn't really come from Adam. And then he goes, so they all came from Noah. Right. And then he talks about Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth. Shem located in the Middle East, Jews, Arabic people. Uh, talks about Ham and the most studies. Talks about a book he read by Oliver Buswell. Moves south. But here's some, here's the most interesting part. He says, it seems that Ham, uh, became a more servile people and may have moved south and wound up in Africa. Okay. Couple, couple problems here that jumped out at me. If you're familiar with the history of America, race in general, you may recognize this as what? Curse of Ham? The curse of Ham. Do you have Genesis pulled up? I can. So in Genesis, uh, they get off the ark. Noah messes up. Sons mess up worse, or Ham messes up worse. Does something. I'm not exactly sure what he did, but it was pretty bad. Basically, he shamed his father. So because of that, these are, you know, there's only like eight people, ten, what? Eight people on the earth. So everybody's going to come from them. Noah curses his son. So do you have it? I do. What's it say? It says, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. Who's Canaan? So Canaan is Ham's son, right? Yes. Verse 22 of chapter 9 of Genesis, and Ham the father of Canaan. So he didn't curse Ham. So the whole curse of Ham is wrong. But the basic premise goes, and this was developed, I, I believe, in 1500s, maybe the 1600s. Curse of Ham being, God curses Ham, from whom come the African people. So Shem becomes the Semites. So that means that God curses Ham's descendants, a.k.a. Africans, to be a servile people, a, a servant. Uh, therefore, it's natural in the in this theory that Africans are servants, slaves. That was popularized in the 1500s, 1600s. It was denounced, and then it was brought up again in the 1800s. Okay, so the bigger problem here is what? The question is the problem. If Adam and Eve were the first two people, how do we get so many races? And then he responds... It's a very complex question, but let's go it another way. The races that we experience today didn't really come from Adam and Eve. Now, that's true. Right. That's the best part about the whole answer. It goes downhill from there. So the races that we experience today didn't really come from Adam and Eve. He says they, they, go, they came from Noah. Well, that's not true either. And this is something that's controversial but irrefutable. Prior to the 1500s, no one talked about race. Races didn't exist. So, if you lived in 1300, how would you describe yourself? 
country of origin, ethnicity. Yeah. So do you know your history? Your, your genetic history? Irish. So 1300, you would call yourself Irish. Irish. Uh, maybe if you had a broader sense of things, maybe European. Right. Um, probably Christian at that time. So you would identify yourself as an Irish Christian. And if someone said to you, hey, you're white. In 1300, you would have said, am I sick? Right. Um, do I look pale? Like, why you describe me as a color? Right. No one describes themselves by their colors. So when we say race, that's a way of describing someone's characteristics. Grouping. It's a grouping. Mm -hmm. So they're technically... Did you ever learn this growing up? The races? What do you mean? Like, like I was listening to someone, they said in their, some of them our age. So they grew up in the 80s. Whose textbook had the races in there? I don't remember anything I don't remember like it that. either. So basically there are five races. Well, people say there are five races. Uh, Caucasian. Mongoloid. Negroid. I can only remember three because it got reduced down to three. I can't remember the other one. The other two were. But basically it became three. Caucasian, Mongoloid, and Negroid. No one no one used those those categories. So what's a Caucasian look like? The race, if you're a the race of Caucasian means you have white skin, you have a certain texture of hair, you have certain facial features. If you are Mongoloid, I think Mongoloid's Asian, yeah. basically. And then if you're Negroid, you have dark skin, certain texture of hair, certain features. But those categories did not exist prior to the 14-1500s. So when, so when the answer is where the races come from, I know exactly where they came from. They came from Europeans, 14-1500s, specifically Europeans who were engaged in the slave trade. So if you understand that people are bad at their core, as Christians we believe in sin nature, so we all have sin nature, which means when people do bad things, Christians are not surprised. And when Christians or when people create systems to help them do bad things, no Christian's surprised. Like, right. of course they do. That's been happening since the beginning. When Cain killed his brother and tried to make an excuse for it, same thing's happening. So Europeans, before race is invented, were slaving people. Well, people have been enslaving people since, since the beginning. So we're not talking about slavery. Right. Yeah, slavery is... Slavery is as old as people wanting greed, wanting money for, wanting work for nothing. Yeah. Everyone was enslaving everybody back then or, you know, through all of history. In fact, the word slave comes from, from the words, from the people of uh, the Slavs who are white or white skin, light skin. But in the 1500s, 1400s, 1500s, Europeans started going to Africa and stealing dark skinned people, Africans. Well, Europeans also at the time called themselves Christians. And there's something inside all of us that knows that you're not supposed to kidnap and oppress other people, make slaves out of them, especially if you're a Christian and you believe in the Bible and love your neighbor as yourself. So you have to come up with a justification for it. So they noticed that Africans look different. And so they started coming up with justifications for dividing people based on how they look. Previously, you divide them based on where they're from. And who their family was, and maybe their religion. Now it was based on what color their skin was. 
And the, the assumption being light-skinned people are better than dark-skinned people. And, uh, and the reason they came up with this was because they already started making slaves out of them. Mm-hmm. So when you enslave someone, you need to come up with a justification for why you're doing it. And the justification was light-skinned people are better than dark-skinned people. Well, that that's a pretty weak argument. So as it goes on, someone else came up with the idea from the Bible that Africans who are dark-skinned came from Ham. And Ham was cursed to be enslaved, so therefore making slaves out of Africans is just following the Bible. Right. Pretty simple. That didn't that wasn't a very good argument, but people don't really care about good arguments when their money's on the line. It's kind of the reverse of it's hard to convince somebody to know something that they're incentivized not to know. So the reverse reverse, it's easy to convince somebody of something if they if they want to. Yeah. So if I tell you that you're gonna go bankrupt if you believe what I believe. You have, you have a lot of incentive not to believe me. Yeah. So that um, so that's 1400s Europeans. Uh, I'm not exactly sure the the countries of but Portuguese. Uh, what was the one you ta- you read about King Leopold? Oh, in the Congo. Yeah. Where was he from? He was from Belgium. 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 Yeah. So that's that's a little bit later, wasn't it? 17. It was around. It was late 1800s. Um. So he okay, got okay. he got away with it because he basically convinced the other European powers that he was doing it um, for altruistic purposes. Ah, yes. Um, And it wasn't until some missionaries, um, reporters, started trying to reveal Mm. what was going on. So that was late 1800s. Mm. Okay. So early slave trade would have been the Portuguese. Who were the people with the boats? Portuguese, Spanish, uh, the same people that are going to the New World. Well, the New World for them. We're the same people that are traveling down to Africa to get slave labor. So they said, this is natural to do what we're already doing because there are, there's this thing we've realized that they're racist that no one had thought of before. No one had known this before until the 14, 15, 1600s. And easy way to prove that is find the classification of race prior to the 1400s. And you can't. You can talk about people noticing distinctive skin colors. Ethnicities, nationalities. Yeah, yeah like, hey, I noticed that when I left Ireland and went to the Congo, everyone looks different than me. Mm-hmm. That's different than categorizing race as far as Caucasian, Negroid, so on. 1400s, 1500s, 1600s. Then it comes to America. So in 1600s, that's basically the beginning of the formal organized America, uh, organized colonies. Mm-hmm. They didn't have slaves didn't really have slaves to begin with because colonists you don't have much use for enslaved people because you're just there to sort of build a house and survive then they started planting crops and they realized that if they planted a certain crop specifically tobacco they could make a ton of money off of it so this is the 1600s so actually 400 years ago 1619 first record of african slaves 20 and some odd Africans recorded landing. I think that I don't remember exactly, but I think their ship was somebody got like stolen from another ship. I've double checked that, but they land on the shores. There are probably African slaves before that, but this is the first recorded incident. Cash crops, tobacco. What do you need for cash crops? Well, you need land and you need workers. 
So how do you get the land? Well, the colonists decided you could chop down all the trees and anybody's living in the trees in the forest, uh, you run them off or make treaties with them. So the Native Americans were forced off their land by the incoming colonists. That's pretty clear. I mean, just watch Pocahontas. Disney represents that. Uh, yeah, so there was people living where we're living now who owned, who occupied the land, which means they owned it. And the colonists pushed them off. So Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Maryland. So you know Marble County? Yeah. Upper Marlboro? Mm-hmm. Marlboro Man? Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Maryland, famous for tobacco. Uh, as we sit in a converted tobacco barn. Our listeners wouldn't know that unless they've been here, but many years ago, the building we're sitting in now was a tobacco farm. Uh, so anyway, tobacco is a cash crop. You can make a ton of money, uh, 10 times what you put into it. Cash crop being the opposite of a subsidized crop where you sort of right. live off of it. But capitalism, so I'm a capitalist. Put that out there first. Caveat capitalism. It's okay. Capitalism calls for maximum profit, which is fine. There's nothing, no reason to be poor if you don't have to be. So you maximize your profit. Well, how do you maximize your profit in a business? Don't pay for anything. Lower your costs. Lower your costs to zero. Your income. Not to zero, but the lower you, yeah, yeah. if you can lower your costs. So when, with land, what's the lowest cost? Take it. Take it without paying for it or paying it a really like, you know, zero. Less than market value. Less than market value. So we take, so colonists from Europe take the land from the natives. Uh, so now you have the land, plant the crops, but you need labor to harvest, to plant, harvest. So you could do it yourself. And make money, but it would require you wouldn't make as much money, and so they still make good money. But then they realized, hey, for the past let's see, this would be sixteen forties, for the past hundred years, two hundred years, we've been stealing people or enslaving people from Africa. What if we brought them here? So they actually tried to do it with the Native Americans first. Yeah. But natives would just sort of, they live there. So they right. would just run away to, like, they were familiar with the land. So it was really hard to keep yeah. them from running away, running away. But with Africans, where are they going to go? You yeah. just shipped them across the ocean. They they would die in unfamiliar land, no contacts, no connections. So they brought in African slaves to harvest, to work the land. And about the same time, so they were called Africans. So the first entry, 16, 19, 20 and some odd Africans, not black, because they were from Africa. Yeah. Then when they got here, they worked alongside European indentured servants, mm-hmm. not slaves. There were no white slaves. Irish were not slaves. They were indentured servants. There's a history about that. Look up uh, Liam Gallagher. He's Irish historian. Which is still a exploitative system sure it is absolutely not the same thing yeah so we're talking about chattel slavery where your property and lifelong race-based chattel slavery which is different than indentured servants yes but either way indentured service seven years they work for no pay and they can't go anywhere yeah so you had africans and indentured servants they tried to enslave more they tried to put more um, europeans into this system but that didn't work out very well either but at this time this, this free labor from indentured servants and from enslaved people, they, they're, they're working next to each other. So when you and the guy next to you, neither of you are getting paid. One of you from Africa, one of you is from Ireland. You get along really well. 
yeah. because you have the master telling both of you, mistreating both of you. So there was a couple times where they got together and said, we're going to run away. And so that happened. Well, Europeans were smart and they said, we need a lot of labor and we can't have people running away. How do we maintain our slave labor? Well, the indentured servants are a low return because you have to release them. So if you could create a system where you don't have to release people and you could keep them forever, that's a much better return on profit or return on investment. Right. And capitalism is all about return on investment. So they said, let's make two classes of people. One people, they get to go free. The other people never get to go free. Well, who's, who's in which group? So they said, let's use the system that was created 100 years ago of race. And since, you know, black people, black-skinned people, dark-skinned people from Africa are a lower kind of person, mm-hmm. they it's okay to enslave them for life. But people like us, light-skinned people, it's not okay. So when these, so I think one of the first things in Virginia, I think it was, or New Jersey, somewhere in the middle, middle Atlantic, group of people run away. The white, the light-skinned European indentured servants got longer time, like double or like another seven years. The dark-skinned got life. The only difference between two of them was their skin color. Then a little bit later, uh, they actually, the first time you see it in American history, they put white into the books. A couple things happened. One, they decided... That white-skinned people couldn't be slaves, but black-skinned people could be. Then, to go even further, about 1680, 1660, something like that, they said if a white man, or if a black man, if a a dark-skinned man, which they called black at this time, based on this new thing of race, and a white woman, European woman, are caught together, they have sex together, then the baby that results is black yeah and since it's black this new system that they're creating by law the baby's a slave on the other side if a white man and a black woman have a baby baby's a slave so either way so white men could have sex with black women and get a slave yeah if a black man had sex with a white woman there were huge legal penalties and eventually they'd be killed for it so it's creating this, this system where not only do you get free labor, any kids that come out of it are more labor for free. Right. You don't have to buy them. Yeah. So but how do you decide who's free and who's not? And they decided to put into law this new color coding system, white, black. And they use it based on this European system. So that's where race came from, came from. Yeah. So we say, how do we get so many races today? Well, there's only three races, really. And they came from slavery. Yeah. The exploitation of people had to be defended and they came up with color coding based on skin color. So there aren't that there's there's one race in the sense of human race, and the, all the other characteristics are so superficial. Mm-hmm. It's the equivalent to saying people with blue eyes are in one group and people with brown eyes are in a different group, which everyone would be like, that's dumb. Yeah. Exactly. That's what John MacArthur should have said. So when the question was how do we get so many races? He should have said the races that we experience today didn't really come from Adam and Eve. They came from Europeans. Yeah. 
in the 1500s. And it's basically meaningless. Yeah. He should have rephrased the question mm-hmm. to talk about nationalities or ethnicities. Um, because that's, that's probably what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. They're talking about, yeah. you know, if we came from one people, how do we all end up looking differently? Right. And so that's really a question of ethnicity. Yeah. You look like your parents who look like their parents who look like, you know, two people come together. Their kids look like both of them. So if you have two people with black hair, odds are their kid is going to have black hair unless in their family there's more. So why do Irish people look like each other? Because they marry each other. They're on an island. They're on an island. <laughs> yeah. They, they marry amongst themselves. And over time, they're all going to look the same. Yeah. Uh, and so if you live in Congo and you don't have any outside, you know, there's nobody coming from the outside, you're all going to look like each other. You're going to sort of average out to the, the pool. So the question is, so the, the ethnicity question is, did everyone come from the same? If everyone came from two people, they all should look the same, right? So how many, why so many, well, that's a, I don't actually know the answer to that question because it doesn't matter right. in one sense. Like who cares? Um, you know, height differences and hair color differences, like those are meaningless. The real question is what kind of culture do you have and what kind of values do you have and uh, what region of the world are you from? But MacArthur does give an answer. He says, Ham, or the people he calls Ham, three people, Shem, Ham, Japheth, Shem, Semites, Jews, and Arabics. He says, the, that it seems that Ham became a more servile people. That is a word-for-word reproduction of the racist argument that black people should be slaves. And that's coming from John MacArthur, one of the most famous Bible-preaching leaders in America in 2010. Yeah, and so maybe this is my ignorance showing, but where does the tradition come from that Ham even went south? That's a good question. So, like, you know, so Canaan was mm-hmm. cursed that he would be a servant, but where does then yeah. the connection mean that therefore he went south? Well, we know where Canaan went. They right. went to Canaan. Right. And that was the whole point of the prophecy. Right. Was that the sons of Shem, Abraham, would conflict would have a conflict with the sons of Canaan, and in the Bible history, they were supposed to conquer Canaan. So the story has more to do with the overall redemption narrative yeah, than the, modern day right. ethnicities. So when you read the Bible, there's a big story that the Bible's conforming to. It's talking about children of God through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, versus the people against God. And so when they left Egypt, they went to Canaan, and they fought Canaan. And Noah was a sort of a prophecy of that, that Canaan was cursed to be subject to Israel, not Africa. That's import. That, it's making it up. That's not what the passage means. Right. It's superficial because it's saying that Ham, it's not even talking about all of Ham's descendants. It's only talking about the dark skinned ones. Mm-hmm. Well, who decided that Ham only had dark skinned children? So it's a selective argument. It's based on bad theology, and it's based on greed and creating false categories. So when it comes to America, it's solidified in America because so much of the economy was built on tobacco and then built on cotton. And cotton came in in the 1800s. Then it really, slavery really exploded. But America's a Christian country. So if everyone's a Christian and everyone's supposed to love their neighbor as themselves— you have to work harder and harder to explain why you have slaves. And so as a result, the slave, the race division became the answer. 
And so preachers preached that black people were not equal with white people. The law said black people were not equal with white people. And culture said the same thing. And that's where the races came from. Europeans made them up to perpetuate the slave trade. And if you want more information on this, read Stamp from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi, which is a survey of that history. And it just it shows it lays out the origins of race. And if you want to get a visual one, go to the African American Museum in D.C. And you get a visual explanation of how much effort America put into dividing white and black. And I went there with some people and, and they were shocked at how much, how many ways the race divide was, was perpetuated. Yeah. Well, what's the answer? The answer is we're all made in the image of God, which means we're all equally free. And we all know that in our conscience. So since everyone knows that, when you try to enslave somebody, they naturally rebel against it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make sure, in order to perpetuate the slavery, you have to make sure every avenue of escape is cut off. So in America, you couldn't go to church, you couldn't escape in church, you couldn't escape through the law, you couldn't escape through marriage, you couldn't escape through economics, because you couldn't you couldn't have millions of slaves who all knew that they shouldn't be slaves, and millions of Christians who knew they shouldn't have slaves, and just let that go. It won't work. And so you got to create tons of divides. And so why do we have racial division today? Because we work so hard at it. For 400 years, we worked as hard as we could to create racial division. And then eventually we started working to undo it in like, what, the 50s? Right. So so it, you can't just undo that much hard work. Like the Puritan work ethic. <laughs> Puritan work ethic says if you work really hard, you can create stuff that lasts. And so they did. They work really hard. The Puritans specifically in America work really hard. Uh, to create racial division. Jonathan Edwards owned slaves, owned people. He was part of kidnapping teenage girls and making them work for him for free, which is funny because he's famous for studying and preaching great sermons. He would study for like 13 hours a day. So yeah, when you got free labor, you don't have to work. Yeah, You can sit and study all day because someone else is doing the work for you. Uh, so he had to make that, he had to reconcile that in his mind. And so he created theology to reconcile it. And then George Whitfield did the same thing, pushed slavery in the South, introduced illegally, introduced slavery into Georgia, and preached the gospel. So he had to work really hard to reconcile that. And it seems that John MacArthur is doing the same thing. Yeah, it's also a caution of repeat traditions. He didn't come up with Cain went south. Or, right. Or Ham went south. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that are passed on by tradition yeah. that sound good. They sound right. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, and so race sounds right because it looks, you can see the difference. Yeah. You're like, there must be some, di- why there's so many races? There must be some difference. And if you can come up with some the answer, why people look different and use it to your own ends, then you create categories. So why are there so many races? Part of the answer is because people gave up ethnicity in exchange for race. Yeah. Racism is actually comp- combining thousands of ethnicities into like three groups Mm -hmm. so you've got like north irish south irish scottish british uh north england south england like these people welsh yeah these are very different people yeah french southern france northern france uh like austria belgium germany on and on all these thousands of ethnicities combined into 
white. Yeah. Africa. How many countries in Africa do you know? Not off the top of my head. It's like 60, 100, something like that. There's 200, 200 and something countries total. So Africa is huge. Africa is a huge continent. So there's a ton of countries in there. And within those countries, there's so there's thousands and thousands of cultures. Yeah, there's 54 countries. 54 right? countries. I thought there were 66, but that's how many books are in the Bible. Yeah. Um, 54 countries in Africa, big countries, a lot of them, and divided up into regions, all combined into black. So when you came to America and you showed up on the shores, you had two choices. You had three choices. White, black, or mongoloid or brown or, or something like that. And 1700, you show up from Ireland. Mm-hmm. You got two choices, white or black. Which one do you pick? Yeah. Well, if you're black, you're a slave. Yeah. Or you don't have any rights, at least. And if you're white, you'll never be a slave. So every Irish, North Irish, Ulster, Welsh, Scottish, Hebrides, London, France, Germany, Scandinavia, Poland, Finland, they all checked one box, white. And all these cultures are erased. All these ethnicities are erased. Same thing happens on the other side. Black... By force. So everyone's like, well, you know, white people, black people, it's all the same. But it's not because white people chose, they chose to give up their race or their ethnicity. Black people don't know because they were stolen. So they were stolen from West Africa, from certain countries, brought separated from families. And now you can't trace it back. So they don't know. So, so African-Americans don't know which country they're from. And so they're forced into one group by white people. And so they, so they created a new culture, a new group of people, even a new ethnicity. African American is an ethnicity. Intermarrying, building cultures. And so white people know where they're from. And so they don't need to be white. They're white because it serves their purposes. As they came to America, they chose white. African Americans were forced into it. So that's part of the difference. So where the races come from? Well, white, black, mongoloid are made up races. Made up by Europeans to perpetuate money. Ethnicity is where you're from and where your family's from. So I propose that we call ourselves, stop calling ourselves white, and call ourselves Caucasian American. How's that sound? I'm from America. My family's from America. I have American culture. So white culture was built to, to perpetuate race or to perpetuate slavery. Black culture was created to survive slavery. So the curse of Ham was made up by Europeans and is perpetuated by Europeans, European Americans. And John MacArthur is showing that he's ignorant, whether intentionally or not, on the history of America. And it's too bad that he's so influential and he doesn't know he's being, would you call this racist? That's a strong word, obviously. Very strong. So you should be careful not to throw it around. It's yes. not true. Yeah. Let's, let's say something. Is this position racist? That the curse of ham? That black people, people, yes. That African people should be servants. Yes. So the position's racist. So when you support the position, while you're supporting it, your actions are racist. Right. So in this answer, he's being racist. Correct. Whether he is a racist, right? That's who knows? A, that's a heart judgment. Sure. That we God will judge him for that. Right. But by saying 
Africans should be servants. He's being racist. He's acting racist. So what should he do? Stop being racist. Stop saying that black people should be servants. And start saying that all people are created in the image of God and they're all equal. And learn the history of how that how races came to be and the, the greed involved of it. Slavery is not America's sin. Greed is. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, History and Hope is the podcast name. So, mm. I think understanding history mm-hmm. can protect you from cultural blinders. Right. Everybody that grew up in white evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but most – the predominant amount of people amount. have cultural blinders to issues like this. Yes. But being aware of history can help remove those. Yeah. You look you look at the people around you, they're all going to be tend to be the same. Right. So you have to go back – you have to go to people who aren't like you. And history is a way to do that. Talk to people who aren't like you. And MacArthur's not doing that. And so he's repeating things that are unbiblical. And he doesn't – I don't think he realizes he's doing it. But that doesn't mean he's not wrong. So we look at history and we look what the Bible says. So the way forward, the hope here is that once you see people as equal, you can start looking at ways that they're divided artificially. Start working against those and stop acting like a racist. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, you can email us at podcast at historyandhope.com or you can message us on Twitter at History and Hope. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or any podcast app of your choice.